This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to our dope-smoking hippie friend, Matt Kibbe, who is, uh, uh, who is uh, a libertarian. And are you working for the, the, uh, the campaign? I run a, a Gary Johnson super PAC. Okay. So we're, we're not allowed to coordinate, as you right. know, these yeah, rules. Know. And it's very complicated. Yeah, so... Um, is, is, is he running the campaign you expected him to run? Um, I, I honestly, I didn't have any deeply held expectations about how he'd run a campaign. Libertarians are famously um, disorganized. Yeah, that's I, a problem when you're trying to win the president. I think there's something going on there. But I also yeah. think, I mean, I, I think he's, um, I, I'm, I love the fact that I'm supporting Gary Johnson right now because he's, he's a sane alternative um, I don't want to actually die by meteor, so I'm going with Gary Johnson. <laughs> really? And those two choices, yeah. um, it's pretty Yeah, I guess. I mean, if it was meteor or Gary Johnson, I probably would go for Gary yeah, And Johnson. to be fair to Gary Johnson, he was not included in that particular Yeah, poll. he wasn't. It was no. either just the two part, main parties and yeah, the meteor, and which meteor. I think we'd all choose meteor. And yeah. if it was those two and just a meteor and those are your only choices. Well, is the meteor, is it going to drag out? Are we going to know about it? Are no, we going to say just, coming? Are we going to have to panic? Then like, oh, which child do I have to, you know, say goodbye to? Because I don't have time to say goodbye to all of them. Or it's just a strike and it's over. Because it's just a strike and it's over. I think I'm for the meteor. I think Gary could have beat the meteor. Think so? I think so, too. This is another example <laughs> of media bias. They didn't include Gary against the media. <laughs> <laughs> the corruption. It actually is, because this was, this was for millennials. Yeah. This was taken for millennials. Why they wouldn't include the libertarian uh, candidate is... is and, and by the way, the most, the most vicious attacks against Gary are coming from Hillary Clinton apparatchiks because Gary is drawing a significant portion of millennial vote, and Hillary's just not... The kids aren't cool with Hillary. They don't like her no. that much. <laughs> I really like that pantsuit that she was wearing the other day. That was nice. It's from the uh, Chairman Mao collection. Yeah, it really is. It was that adorable. was the excuse that they used to uh, bringing in Al Gore, right, to bring in some of the millennials, which yeah. was like, uh, <laughs> he's... <laughs> no, he's, no, the kids love Al Gore. Yeah. Kids yeah. love him. But even, like, Bernie can't get the kids to switch because he missed the point of his own revolution. Yes. It, it wasn't about Bernie. It was about an authentic system of values outside of the political machine. And, and I think um, one of the things that Gary's doing is he's talking to, to young progressives. And it, it, it upsets you guys sometimes with some of his language. But yeah, I, th- I, think, <laughs> I, th- I think the new 
Liberty Coalition is going to be young progressives and young conservatives who don't want to shop in the two-party duopoly. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I think that is great in theory, but a progressive by nature, like I have no problem with a liberal. Right. You could be the biggest dopes. I could live next to the Grateful Dead. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I mean, as long as they're not doing that in the lawn where the kids are out. But um, a progressive by nature believes in big government. Right. So how does a libertarian and a progressive get along? Well, I I think um, you you look at young democratic socialists and they they don't know what the word progressive means the way that you and I think about it. It's a very authoritarian philosophy. It's very racist. Um, We know that history, but they think it means progress. And they think socialism means people working together to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that's really what a libertarian is about. We believe in voluntary cooperation and people coming together to do things that they can't do alone. And, And we believe in a robust community. We don't want the government involved in that stuff because it really corrupts really important institutions. And so I think I think if if you get past the labels of progressive, liberal, Democrat. Okay, so so I'm totally, I, Matt. I, I am totally willing to go down that road. Do you have any research that backs that up? Yes. Okay. Good. Then I, don't even have to tell me about it. I'm on board. <laughs> now, uh, uh, here's the problem though with Gary good fact is check there, Glenn. that was a good I, fact check. Right. Yeah, no, I'm here. no. <laughs> Meteor, was yeah, my, okay, okay. Was my Donald Trump right. moment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, believe me, so, <laughs> believe me. It's the most beautiful research you've ever seen. Um, the uh, the problem that we have with um, with Gary is not that he's reaching out to people at all. Um, it's the fact that he <laughs> he doesn't seem to have any time to try to reach out to people us. like us. Yeah, he, and and when Weld was in this week, I mean, we all walked away. Now, he said afterwards, he said, that's not, that's not what I said. But we all heard him say, I want to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're, we're, we're gonna make it better. Well, yeah, he, he no. said he was, they wanted to fix it. They wanted to fix Obamacare. His problem wasn't the big government program of Obamacare. His problem was that it's not working the way a big government program should. Since when is that a libertarian position? Now, is this what I, we can't figure out? Is this a is this a wink wink kind of thing that we're all supposed to know? Because it's not working for the conservative. You're not going to make me defend Bill Weld, are you? <laughs> okay, good. I'm in. I'm in again. No, I think it's. Um, I, I have no idea what he said, and, and I don't want to defend that. The libertarian position doesn't think that, that government health care is good for people. Right. And that it shouldn't be in the health care business. Right, right. That, that's it. Right. That's it. Now, I do think that there's always interesting questions about, and, and the reason we fought Obamacare so much is that we knew once it was in place, it would be virtually impossible to dismantle a new entitlement. Look, look at it now. It is collapsing. They knew it would collapse. Yeah. We remember... We said this is designed to collapse. It is going to collapse. There's no way this math works for the next 10 years. Yeah. And now it's collapsing and everybody's talking about, oh, well, but we're going to fix it. Now they got it in. Now they're going to just soup it up. Now all the pollsters tell Republicans that you have to talk about fixing it. You can't talk about repealing it. And so maybe it's just political rhetoric, but I do think it's an interesting question for Libertarians and constitutional conservatives, how do you get out of this 
horrible entitlement state that is making poor people poor, that's, that's screwing young people. How do you do that in a way that's, that's politically conceivable? Yes. And I, I, think, I think somebody brave in politics needs to explain how to do that. But it's probably not what you'd get from a typical libertarian at a libertarian convention where they say, if I had a button, I would, I would abolish the entitlement state today. No, it's got to be reverse progressivism, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be reverse progressivism. It ha- you have to go slowly. P- Penn and I have talked about this at length. He's like, Glenn, you know, 30 years down the road, when we're, when we're in a nursing home, that's when we'll be talking about, you know, the really big stuff that you and I aren't going to agree on. Yeah. He said, but it's going to take you 30 years to get there, to slowly reverse this and to do the common sense you know the things that we agree on. Um, that's that's the kind of stuff to me that yeah. we can make real progress on. And it's and the the answer to all this stuff is more choice, more freedom, particularly for young people. Not yeah. not not creating a new big redesign of healthcare, but actually giving them the choice as to whether or not they want to be part of that system. And I, I think you will see new free market solutions that we can't even conceive of emerge in healthcare and retirement and, and everything else if people are just given a choice. Well, I know we, we've been talking this week um, a lot about millennials and um, how that, that is, that's the hero generation. That's the greatest American generation, the next one, the one to come now. Yeah. And it's, it's people our age. I don't even know how old are you. How old are you? 53. Whew, old man. Um, anyway, um, so it's people our age. I just hope I never get as old as you. <laughs> 51, buddy. I know. Uh, so anyway, um, our job is to reach out to the, the, uh, the generation that went before us, this, the older generation, the Trump generation, and say, okay, stop. Stop. That doesn't work, and you need to let it go. And we have to now reach to the young generation and say, you need to step up and you need to, you need to know what did work and don't throw the entire system out. Find out what did work and pick it up and now design and move forward. We're supposed to, I think, we're supposed to be the ones, we're the latchkey generation. We're always the one that didn't we were, we were left at home. We were the ones that were forgotten. We were the middle kid. And we'll be the middle kid again. We're just the, the hippies are doing their thing now. And the millennials are coming up. We're the middle kid that is just going, can we make, we got to make peace here. You got to take less up at the top. You got to stop doing all these things. And the millennials, it's time for you to stand up and be who you are. Be the hero generation that you are. Do you remember when uh, George W. Bush was trying to reform Social Security, the Democrats critique, he had this tiny little retirement account that would give people more choices. Yes. I think there were three choices in that system. And the Democrats' response was, you can't give people that many choices. They can't handle it. Three. Three. Yeah. And, and a young person. Because I know when it was television, ABC, NBC, CBS, it's too many choices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what to watch. There's too many things to watch on those three networks. And as it turns out, they're all the same anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly it right. didn't matter. But, you know, young people today, they curate everything and they live in this mm-hmm. wild libertarian world where they, they choose their friends, they choose their music, 
And they're never overwhelmed by too many choices. They're only turned off when somebody dictates their choices for them. And I, I think that, that has to be like the biggest opportunity we've ever had. I, I will tell you, um, Matt, I watched the debate. I don't know if you felt the same way. But I watched the debate the other night, and it, I was overwhelmed with this is the biggest lost opportunity in possibly our nation's history, politically speaking, where someone that could actually explain to two boobs on television common sense and constitutional principles and, and um, simple economics would have rode into a, a brand new dawn of America. Yeah. Well, we saw the, the leaked DNC memo where they, they talked about Pied Piper candidates like Donald Trump, people that would leave the party right over the cliff. And I was reminded they, they listed Rand Paul and Scott Walker and Marco Rubio as candidates they were scared to death of yeah. because they knew yeah. that those guys could beat Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I know. And so, yes, we so can we I, miss it. When we come back, I want to I ask you about one missed opportunity um, that the libertarians had and, and just get your thoughts on that. Do, do it here in a second. By the way, um, Rigged is a new movie um, about the third-party candidate, rigged2016.com. We're airing it uh, on Wednesday, November 2nd at 8 p.m., uh, then again, a uh, encore presentation on Saturday and Sunday at 8 p.m. It's rigged 2016. I'm in it. A lot of other uh, big libertarians are in it. And uh, it's, it's worth uh, seeing behind the scenes on the campaign trail as well. Rigged 2016. You can find out more information at rigged2016.com. Do you think that if Rand Paul would have let go of his Republican suit and said... I want to run as a libertarian. Do you believe he would have won? Yes, I do. And I wish he or someone like Justin Amash yes. would, have, would have taken that leap. Yes. Um, yes. Why, why didn't? Why didn't either one of them? Um, I don't know. And as someone that was always also involved in a Rand Paul super PAC, I wasn't allowed to encourage him to do that. Mm. Um, there was a window there, and I think, I, think, I think the potential was huge. I think this is the biggest missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you look at it and, it and you think, nobody, nobody likes, I've never seen any election like this in my lifetime. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I, and I know he's your guy, Matt, but he is terrible with conservatives. <laughs> I mean, absolutely terrible. He's, he, he has, it, it almost feels like contempt. For conservatives. Well, conservative for Christians. Values. When he was on with us, it was interesting. It was almost as if he had more trust in the government than he did for Christians. Yeah. And it was, it was bizarre. Well, was that really whole bizarre. thing, would you make a Nazi, Nazi cake? And, and I, I think his answer was yes, right? And, and Bill Weld, yeah, yes. And he said, and, he said you have to do it. Yeah. And uh, so Bill Weld came in and he said... is going to force a private business owner to do something against their faith. How is that libertarian? I, I, I've never understood it. His his policy on the border is really difficult to get your head around too. But I know libertarians are are not as border sensitive as no, you I know. Am. What it's weird because libertarians are all over the map. Yeah, the, the point is that's what I was saying about the, um, but not on the cake thing. And really, the border is is as long as if he gives it to the states, then it's up to the states. But um, 
libertarian, and this is the one thing that I like about it, is you don't have to be in a cookie cutter. You don't have to believe the same thing as the party does, except on control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the, you know, the question of, of the border and explaining a lot of libertarian things is, is something that we need to figure out how to do better. Mm-hmm. And Gary obviously is not the the ultimate explainer <laughs> of things. No, he's not on, on anything. Not the ultimate explainer on Aleppo and the Syrian situation either. No, so. he's had a bad run. No, but he has. I mean, he has a he has a way of talking about things that that sometimes you you think you heard the opposite of what he was trying to say. He is the most. We think <laughs> we were talking. We were talking. That's Which a is problem. problematic. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were talking about. We think that he is one of the most painfully honest uh, guys that we've seen in politics when it comes to critiquing himself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that Aleppo Almost thing. Almost to a fault. We were on the air going, stop apologizing, man. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. He was just so, look, I should have known that. No, you should have, but no, no, no. No, he feels that way. And I, th- I think one of the most compelling things about him, I mean, first of all, he is a successful business guy. He's a successful governor from a, from a blue state. That alone makes him really attractive in this yes. cycle to me. But his honesty, like, and yeah. his, he's got this, yeah. this goofy, honest persona. He does. And I don't think this guy would lie to you. And, and that, in this election, again, is, is a really refreshing thing, given the binary choice that we have. I mean, mm. if, if I could go back and, and recreate it, I, I would love for Rand Paul or Justin Amash to be up there. But, yeah. but that didn't happen, and they didn't take that leap. So why should somebody who doesn't necessarily think they agree with Gary Johnson, but they don't want to vote for the other two. Why should they vote for Gary Johnson? Yeah, so, so one of the challenges for the Libertarian Party, any third party, is that all the rules are stacked against um, uh, barrier, there's barriers, barriers to entry that keep third parties out. Um, if the Libertarian candidate breaks 5% in the polls, the Libertarian Party will be on a more equal footing going into the next presidential cycle. The, the two-party duopoly keeps changing the rules for ballot access. It's hard, harder to raise money as an outsider. And it shouldn't be shocking to anybody that the two parties in charge make it impossible for anyone else to get in. But I think the only way to fix where we're at is competition. Yeah, it Maybe is. it's a libertarian party, but there's so many barriers to entry to a fourth party. And, and you know, let's call it the Constitutional Conservative Party. Um, I would rather they were both in there, to be honest with you. I, I want I want people to see choices. We really are right. Yeah, and this is a good play. I mean, a good sell for this too is that if you're in a state that's not competitive, I mean, if you're you know you're in New York or you're in Connecticut voting, where the state's going to be a 30, 40 point margin for Hillary Clinton. I mean, you can you can vote for Donald Trump if you want, but I mean, it, it's probably because this. If I understand the rules correctly, it's a popular vote measure. So yeah. your vote, where you can't possibly win an electoral vote necessarily in that state, it's, it goes towards that 5%, and that's a nationwide popular vote measure, correct? Yeah, yeah very much so. But, but again, I, I'm choosing Gary Johnson. I'm just fully in for Gary Johnson based on the other two choices I have, not on choices that I would like to have. And that's really what presidential politics is. You, you're stuck with these three choices. And, and Gary is the only person, I believe, running that that actually represents a constitution who also happens to be on a 50 state ballots mm-hmm. maybe other candidates that that are attractive on issues to you guys but the reality is there's only one candidate that's on all the ballots who is actually polling quite well in some western states 
who actually believes that the president is not a king. And to me, that's pretty compelling. Um, tell me, tell me um, why you made rig 2016. So I didn't make rig 2016. You, it's part of your... But I, I, was, I got involved pretty late. And Patrick Byrne from Overstock.com yeah. actually financed it. And the, the producer and the director really wanted to tap into that anxiety and frustration that people have with the two-party cartel. It, you've obviously seen it. You've seen yes. the finished product. Yes. Um, it, it is really compelling. There's a story of a guy. They, they tell many different stories of people that were in the system. They, they tell a story um, um, of a guy. I don't even know what his job was, but he was, he was a, like a campaign manager. He was a political consultant. Political yeah. consultant. And um, he, a guy came to him and said, hey, I, I want to run for Congress or a Senate or something. And he said, okay, um, well, tell me about your family. And he's like, well, I don't have any family. And he's like, well, what do you mean? You gotta, I mean, you got you know, I mean, to have to have a family story and everything else. And the guy came back to him and put down on the table uh, a bunch of people. And he said, okay, here's my family. And a bunch of pictures and stuff. And, and he said, oh, okay, I, I thought you said you didn't have any family. Well, um, these are from friends like this grandfather, this is not my grandfather. This is my friend's grandfather, and this is my neighbor's, uh, you know, cousin. And right, right. it was cr- crazy. And he said, for some reason, I said, okay, I'll represent you. And he went and represented, and the guy won. And he said, I just realized, what am I doing? And he was just in the system. And he's like, it's so corrupt and it's so full of lies. And he said uh, is, his child was born. That's what changed him. He had his first child. And his child was born and looked at his child and was like, oh, my gosh, your father is a very bad man. And I am building really bad stuff in Washington and got out. I mean, it's, it's compelling. The movie is really compelling. Are you concerned uh, that... My understanding is that Donald Trump owns the word rigged, um, so he could sue you at any moment. He's, well, he's, he's corrupted the word rigged. <laughs> he has. Because he is, he is actually a product of the rigged political system and, and was propped up by the media cartel. Um, and, but, but the rigging of the system is far more fundamental than the fact that Donald Trump thinks he's losing at the moment. Um, the rigging of the system goes to you know the Presidential Debate Commission alone, which is touched on in the film, um, this is a nonprofit controlled by the two-party cartel that shockingly decides that they don't want other parties involved in their debates. That's a, it's a real I'm and, and it's, a, it's a perfect way to strangle uh, third parties, but it's the clash between people with all this, these choices and all this power when it comes to every aspect of their lives, except when it comes to politics. And when you get to the political marketplace and, and particularly presidential, you feel like you're shopping in a mall in Caracas, right? There's nothing there. And that's the clash. It's a clash between people that are more free and, and more educated and, and more able to decide things for themselves versus this old backfilled room two-party cartel that's propped up the, most, the, the two most unpopular candidates in the history of the what universe. What do you think 2020 looks like? Because Hillary Clinton... Another four years of these, this kind of corruption and lies, the millennials 
you know, that's that's a 30-year-old today. Yeah. So somebody 35 years old uh, going into to vote next time and everybody underneath, they're not buying into this. Another four years of just the death rate of the of the baby boomers. Yeah. Um, the, the, the demographics are shifting and the Republicans don't have anything. The but they're in better shape. Well, they were until Donald Trump. Um, the Democrats, you look at Hillary Clinton and there's just there's no millennial that I know that would relate to either one of the parties right now. So what happens in four years? Well, the upside of this train wreck is that it, it breaks something in a way that you're not going to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I, I think young people are the solution to this because they, they see it for the fraud that it is. The rest of us grew up in this system where we only had two choices. We might not recognize it that way. But that, to me, is, is the liberty opportunity. You know, can you find common language? Can you find a candidate that sort of represents those broader values Will someone like a Justin Amash be the entrepreneur and, and bet everything on that? Maybe there's someone we don't know yet. But I think it needs to be someone that can credibly say, I've run a campaign, someone that can credibly say, I've, I've done something with my life. And, you know, the problem with, with some of our young candidates is they, they, they haven't sort of passed that, that qualification threshold yet. And that's, I don't know if that's going to be a Libertarian Party candidate. Is it going to be a fourth candidate? Remember that the Tea Party kept breaking all of the rules, right? There's no way that Mike Lee was going to win. Couldn't happen. And then it did. There's no way that Rand Paul could win. And then it did. And, and they were using the social media and technology to raise money outside the system, to organize outside the system, to break the rules of politics. Eventually, a presidential candidate can do that. Yeah. And I, I think we could have done it this time, but we didn't. Too. It didn't come together. So who do you think wins? I think I mean, I think Hillary is going to win. But I say that with great humility from being wrong so many times in this Donald cycle. Trump, yeah. And also understanding that, that, you know, all of these races that we won for Liberty Republicans, um, the experts told us we couldn't win. And then we did. So something was going on. Um, I'm, so I, I don't. I think it's going to be closer than people think, and I think Trump could win. But I, my bet today is Hillary. What does what happens to Donald Trump's constituents? We should talk to them, because I th- I think it's a mistake to 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 lump some of the thing. Oh, I, I I can't stand Donald Trump. I I I disliked him even before you did. I think. I've liked I've not liked him for a long long time. <laughs> but I would I would <laughs> Don't challenge us on this one. We yeah. just liked Don't him first, dare. Matt. Oh yeah. Uh, we were mocking him as he came down the escalator, you know, cuz oh, we had not liked him for years yeah. before that. Okay, you might beat me then cuz yeah. I, I wasn't even paying attention at that yeah, point. But yeah. but I I would uh, I I view Donald Trump supporters the same way that I view Bernie Sanders supporters and there's a lot of similarities there. There's there's yes. economic anxiety. There's there's belief that the system is is screwing them and i agree with them on those things and i think we need to, i think we need to talk to people i agree with you uh, what the what there's, are the there's, a, there's maybe 10 percent and and a lot of them are the and 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 probably yeah just probably 10 percent that were there at the beginning and out of those who were there at the beginning maybe 10 percent of those were there from the beginning because they were hearing uh what they perceived to be dog whistles of neo-nazi kind of scary stuff yeah you know what i mean 
but that's 10% right. um, that, are, that have that authoritarian lean. I saw a poll of Donald Trump supporters, 48%, it said, uh, believe that Putin is a friend of the United States. Does that number surprise you? No. No, and, I, and there was a new poll by um, a Heritage Foundation thing that, that showed that, that a lot of young people didn't know who Mao Zedong was. And, yeah, and right. they, they thought that Bush killed more people than Mao. Yeah, and so I, I, think, I think people don't know a lot of history and they don't spend a lot of time focused on politics. And I wouldn't call that ignorance. I would call that normal life where your families and your jobs matter more than, like, you even know who Putin is. And I suspect yeah. that most Americans, until Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton started talking about him, didn't even know who he was. Well, I was always I always thought war was just God's way of teaching us geography. Right. You <laughs> know, well, it's, it's, who knew where Vietnam was until we went to Vietnam? Who knew where Iraq really was until we invaded Iraq? Grenada? Come on. Grenada. You thought it was a car from I mean, Ford. That's right. Exactly. And if, and if we had a more humble libertarian foreign policy, we wouldn't Sorry. need to know where Aleppo is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah, very good. How can people get involved with you? Um, you, anything to you know, my, or not? my new organization is Free the People, and I, I want to talk to young people, and I'm trying to get out of politics and into, into popular culture. Um, check out freethepeople.org and... Uh, and check out some of the videos we're doing on socialism. We're trying to... Your, your series on socialism is fantastic. It really is. Really and, it, and it does well, like, like the heavy stuff, the stuff yeah. that is really asking people to get into history and philosophy and economics. It yeah. does better than the clickbait of the day stuff. People are... I think people are hungry. We saw it when we were at Fox. We see it now. When you, when you have something to teach that they don't know, they're hungry for it. They really are. People treat people like morons. There are morons, Jeffy. Um, but, you know, not everybody's a moron. Um, and by the way, uh, you can check out Rigged 2016. Go to rigged2016.com. You can watch the film there. Uh, and all you have to do is just, you know, just sign in. Um, or you can watch it on The Blaze Wednesday, November 2nd at 8 p.m., Saturday the 5th, and Sunday the 6th at 8 p.m., only on The Blaze TV. Matt, thank you so much. Good to be here. Good to see you. Glenn Beck, The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.